Sinead Quinlan is a stand-up comedian, podcast host, writer, actor and presenter from Cork. She first emerged on the comedy scene after winning a comedy competition on RT1. As part of her prize, Sinead got to write a pilot for a potential series for the RTE player. RTE loved the pilot called Seriously Sinead? So much that not only was it given the green light for a mini-series, but also a television slot on RTE2. A pretty impressive CV, to say the least. Sinead is still only in her 20s. She's a stand-up comedian, creator of Seriously Sinead, presented on the reboot series of The Den. She's a podcast host and a radio presenter with Cork's Red FM. What a woman, the queen of comedy. Welcome, Sinead. Hello. Oh my God, that actually sounds mad impressive when you're it saying is. that. It is. It is mad impressive. You I should be proud. Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what caught my eye the most about Sinead was what seems to be an undeniable self-belief. I just love to see that. And I'm always curious as to where and when you think that came from or was instilled in you. I know, it's a bit of madness as well, like, I don't know, a bit of naivety, a bit of just sure, why not? Um, like, I did, I mean, I completely changed careers, like, I was doing social work in college. Yes, I was going <laughs> to ask you about <laughs> that, yeah. It could be any different to what I'm doing now. Duh, I love it. Um, like, I did English and history first. Uh, I was thinking maybe I was doing teaching, yeah, like that, and then I was like, mm, I don't know. And then I was like, what will I do, what will I do? And then I went to like a careers day and there was like a social work table or whatever and they were like, you don't talk about helping people. And yeah. it was so varied, like you could do probation work or whatever. And I was like, you know, I'll give this a go. Like, I, I think I'd be good at this. And it was a two-year master's. Oh my God. And I knew by the end of the two years, I was like, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm wasted. <laughs> and mainly because I did two placements. I did child protection and I did um, adult mental health. And I enjoyed them both, but like the social workers were just burning out. <laughs> just left, right and centre. Yeah, yeah. And even I went, uh, it was a Christmas time for one of the placements and uh, we all went out on a night out and I was like, so like, you know, what's your advice now, me like going into the social work field or whatever? And one of yeah. them was like, get a new career. <laughs> oh, that's dumb, no I was way. like, oh God. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. I kind of knew it's like uh, doing nursing it's proper vocation do you know yeah. what I mean like you're yeah. you have to love every minute really of it do, like, like, yeah, you're kind of yeah. I was kind of looking at it and I was like I don't know like am I too young to be sacrificing yeah. everything like you're, they were their mental health wasn't good either you know what I mean yeah it was like, yeah yeah do I want to burn out like within the next five years yeah by the like, time I'm 30 even two years yeah. it is such an admirable career though oh my god but yeah oh like, it is in your yeah, 20s yeah. is but it was kind of so like young. they weren't able to be the social workers they wanted to be too they just had so many caseloads and it was just like I don't know I was like there was nothing appealing to me by the end yeah <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Doing it. yeah well done um one of the first opportunities that opened up for you, Sinead, was when you crossed paths with the Hardy Bucks lads. So the yes. Hardy Bucks lads, for anyone who doesn't know, is uh, an Irish comedy series that followed uh, three, was it? Three kind of lads in their 20s, kind of slackers living in rural yeah, Ireland. There was a good few of them. There was a load of them, actually. I've lost count. There was, was loads there, of different characters, there. yeah. And it was made into a movie as well, I think. It was very successful, Yeah, and they were on Netflix for ages, like, so they're, like, known worldwide. Oh, I Huge love fan that. base, they're hilarious. But you crossed paths with the Hardy Bucks lads, and from what I gather, it wasn't quite accidental. You had the self-belief and the confidence to approach them, introduce yourself and explain that you were interested in doing stand-up. I love that. Can you tell us a little bit about that meeting and everything that came from it? Yes, so 
obviously I decided I'm not doing the masters, but I took a year out and I was like, I'm gonna just do well actually no, I finished the masters, so I had the degree. Yeah. But I wasn't gonna work in it, which I got a bit of slack off of. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? My parents were like, What do you mean? Like you're not gonna do it and I was yeah. like, Nah, like I'll figure out something else. They were like, All right, fair enough. But uh, they're like, could you not have figured this out before <laughs> you paid all yeah, the money yeah. to do it? I was like, yeah, maybe that would have been ideal. But um, I did learn a lot from it. I knew I liked, like, I want to go into kind of public speaking and stuff. Well done, uh, yeah. It's like, what can I do that's like somewhat combined with masters? So mm. there was this group who were doing kind of like mental health talks, mm. um, just talks about whatever. Uh, so some people were doing on their own life or whatever, but I did it on journaling and like self-care. So that was my uh, my bit. Yeah. But um, the MCs on the day were the Hardy Bucks. Okay. So I was like, I want to just say it to them, like, feck it, like, why not, you know? Good woman. And I got a few laughs on the day as well, do you know what I mean? So they had said to me, they were like, yeah, like, we were watching your talk and, like, you were very comfortable and all on the stage. They were like, you should give it a go anyway, so you have nothing to lose. Yeah. And they were like, uh, the next time we're in Cork now, like, we'll give you a call or whatever. And I was thinking... That's it now. I'm never going to hear from these <laughs> yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. They're just being nice. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. they're hard going to be like, yeah, sure. But uh, they actually did call. Oh my God. And uh, they were like, yeah, we're going to be in Cork. And uh, I think it was like October or September. And uh, they were like, yeah, if you want to open for us, do a couple of minutes. And I was just like, yeah, of course. Sure. Like, never did comedy in my life. Yeah, like, what yeah, the hell? Yeah. Figure it out like, after. I have to do it now. Like, you know, I've signed up for it. But uh, I was like, ah, sure, why not? You know what I mean? Let's just do it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. if it all, if it goes terrible, I'll just, you know, just deny that Laugh it ever it happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well done. Yeah. Oh, my God. And you mentioned it there, but one of the questions I like to ask the guests on Go Do You is about daily rituals or habits they do to help them stay focused and motivated. You mentioned there that you enjoy keeping a journal. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how hel- how it helps you? Yeah, it'd be great. I remember a lecturer actually, he's called Fred Powell in UCC. He's yeah. amazing. He has a journal from like 1967 or something. Every, like he journals all the time. He was like, he's a library full of all his journals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was like, if anyone ever like said that I murdered somebody, I'd be like, nah, oh, I was here. The journal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's great actually because you'd be writing down, you just like, I'd just be like, okay, I'd say where I am, like maybe I'm in a coffee shop or whatever and then mm. just like what I have on that week and then just like how I'm feeling or whatever. Mm. But it's good way to just check in with yourself. Brilliant. Sometimes you're just flat out, like you, know, mm. you don't have a second to just kind of check in, like are you doing yeah. all right? Yeah, um, no, I love that because I, I'd say, oh, I don't have time to be doing that but you're, yeah, the yeah. benefit it's going to give you. You combine it with a coffee, you're sorted. <laughs> yeah, 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 dead right, well done. Um, and I love that you like to say yes to everything that comes your way and of course feels right. Uh, and then you have the mindset of, well, I'll just figure it out afterwards. I think we all need to do a bit more of that. Being OK if something doesn't work out. Where do you think you learned this phenomenal way of thinking and looking at the opportunities that come your way? I suppose once I did, I said yes once to something mm. and then it led to something else. And I saw that like, actually, this can work out. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, no matter how small the thing is, like taking that tiny step, even doing that talk where I met the Hardy Books, I just sent a message to the people who were organising that event by chance. Like, any chance you'd allow me to be a speaker on the day, like any bit of a slaw. And like that, that one message has led to my entire career. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's... And that's exactly yeah. what stood out to me about you. I was saying like, you have figured this out in your 20s. 
like I've just turned 40 and I've only just figured out that way of thinking like so it's phenomenal that you are so young and you, you have that now instilled in you like because that's magic well done yeah like sometimes I'm like what am I what will I be doing but uh, I don't know it's like you said it just feels right like doing it and everything all about making connections and everything does lead to something else like no matter how small it might be and uh, I remember a quote before it was like um, bravery is being seen trying Yes. And I think that's very important. Like, you don't have to have it nailed, you know what I mean, from the beginning. Like, uh, my first stand-up gig, it was all right. It wasn't amazing at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I would say, you know, 60% of it was all right. Like, there was 40% where it was a bit very dodge. Do you look but, back uh, on it? Have you got footage? Do you look back and go, oh! Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, wouldn't be looking back now at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to do it now. Like, I record stuff now do just you, to yeah. kind of learn and improve. Like, but uh, yeah. you kind of critique yourself. But, Jesus, you wouldn't be critiquing your early stuff at all. Yeah, yeah, shocking. Yeah. They can go, they yeah, can go. Yeah. Oh, stop. So, Sinead, with that in mind, what advice would you give to people who have a big goal or a big dream, but they are lacking a bit of that self-belief uh, and they're unsure about making the first move? Any advice? I would say try and like surround yourself with people who are already doing it, yeah. if you can. Uh, let's say you want to, I don't know, be a PT or something, like mm. start following local PTs on social media. So I mean, if there's events, like start going to it, like kind of immerse yourself in the world, mm. make those connections and you'll slowly but surely figure a way to get in there. Yes. But uh, you definitely are made up of people you're surrounded by. That's, I 100% believe in that. And in terms of like our internal doubts and, you know, maybe silencing or silencing our own ego, I suppose, is, is important, isn't it? Just to... Yeah. Oh, I was the only person who believed in myself at the start. Everyone yeah, yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. what are you doing? Like, you know. And I love that. And that's what I want to get at. That is magic. Like, so if you have advice to someone who's who's your age or my age or whatever, and who's just a bit frightened of, of going for it. You yeah, know. like, I feel like Irish people as well, we love to have, put people in boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, we like to have people pegged. We're like, oh yeah, that's such and such now. They, you know, work down the post office. And they do <laughs> yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's them then. That's how you know them. And that's what they do. Like if they yeah. were to give up that job in a post office, they're like, what would they be doing that for? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, what yeah. they do now? Like people are going to be sceptical at start, but like mm. it's your life. You know what I mean? You only have yeah. one life. Yeah. And really, if you're doing something totally different as well and you think you can do it, only you really knows for sure if you're actually able for it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of like seeing is believing with other people. You know what I mean? You have to kind of prove yourself. Like even my parents, like they were like, what are you doing? Like going into stand up. This is yeah, insane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you're you're funny in front of your friends and all this. But they're like going up on stage is a different story. Yeah. But then, like, once they came to the club and they see me perform, like, they actually apologised to me. They were Aww. like, yeah, like, they're so cute. Like, they were like, we obviously just want what's best for you, do you know what I mean? But, like, they were like, now that we've seen you doing it, we're like, okay, we can kind of see where you're getting at. Yeah. Um, but and they like, just want you to be happy, of course. That's all, like, yeah. of course. Yeah, your parents just want the best for you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they're turning down a, a master's to be doing this. Like, this. to be fair, who would be supporting that, like, off the bat? But yeah, you do have to just completely believe in yourself 100%. Like, and don't expect other people to be supporting at the start. Like, yeah. you know, they will eventually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you have to do it for yourself. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. 
So I'm dying to ask you, how did you get on filming and presenting on the reboot series of The Den with Dustin the Turkey, Zig and Zag, Ray Darcy? <laughs> how did that opportunity come about and what was it like? Oh, was I it know. Very it's like a fever dream looking back at it. I'm like, what was that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, it was pure. I just said, yeah. You know what I mean? To it. And I was like, didn't even think it through. Like, I was doing live TV with Dustin the Turkey. Like, if I can do that, Stop. I can do anything in the yes. world. <laughs> yes, exactly. And did they, Those did you reach out? Do scripts like yeah, they're just yeah. proper off the cuff. Like. Are they really off the cuff? Because you yeah. would think they are, but you're like, this is probably a script off the cuff. No, yeah, it's no. Totally... You'd have like little segments, like where you'd know where you're going with it. But mm-hmm. what happens in those segments is just whatever they think of at the time. Oh, I love uh, it. Which is what makes so good. That's yes. why the den is so brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they yeah. get away with saying anything they want because they're puppets. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. If a human was to say the stuff, they'd be saying, like, nah, you'd be cancelled. Yeah. You know I mean? They're bowled ones. Yeah, yeah. They're bowled. They're and great. That, <laughs> that makes a great crack. Um, and did you just contact them or did they just contact you or have you got an so agent or what? How I did it come about? I knew Ray Darcy from that competition. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. So he knew of me. So they had this role of like the roving reporter. And I'd made a series as well with the RT player at this stage. So okay. I was kind of in with RT, like, you yes, know. Yes, yes. And they were like, who would be good for this now? And then the, my name came up, like, so they asked me and I was like, I thought it was just like a joke. Like, like a prank, prank yeah, call. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was like, it wasn't uh, Ray that rang me, do you know what I mean? It was like a yeah. researcher or whatever from RT, like, who I'd never heard of. And I was yeah, just yeah. like, who are you? Like, you're asking me to do what? Yeah, yeah. With who? Yeah. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, yeah, like, we think you'd be great. Like, would you think you'd be up for it? And I was like, absolutely, I'd yes. be up for it. This is the yeah. den. Like, do you know what I mean? I remember, like, watching with my brother when we were small eating cereal. I was like, I'm going to be on it. Like, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, but it was brilliant. But it was a weird time because it was during the lockdowns okay. that it was on. Okay. Okay. How did you so manage that? So recording it during it the It was like, yeah. I'd get up in the morning, I'd get on the train up to Dublin yeah. and uh, get a taxi over to RTE record it then we were there all day um, just setting up and stuff uh, there'd be lots of guests they had like music guests and things they'd be there like doing run throughs and then the show would be on like the hour would fly stop and then so there was no like hanging out or anything after because yeah, yeah, of Covid yeah. like so it was literally like just get back on the train go home love it uh, so some days I was like did that even happen Happy, yeah. you know what, what I mean? did you do today um, yeah you're just yeah. back in Cork again yeah yeah oh I love it that's brilliant Sinead well done uh, you are totally doing you now, living your dream career as a comedian and a presenter and enjoying and embracing all the opportunities that are coming your way in the entertainment industry. But you haven't always been in the entertainment industry like we just discussed. Uh, you're actually a qualified social worker. So how did that transition come about? You just mentioned earlier you were going to, you finished your master's, you were considering working in it, you went to a careers day and... That was that, was it? Yeah, like I've always been interested in people and how they okay. work. Um, and I've kind of like, I love people watching. I've always been an observer and I'd like take in everything. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I was in a restaurant, I'd be like admiring the lady in the left shoes. You yeah, me I mean? too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like I just love it. Like I'm really interested in people. Um, so yeah, and psychology and all that. Like so it kind of makes sense. Like it is kind of transferable. In a way. And I think it really makes sense in terms of like with the psychology, you can relate to people and you can understand where they're thinking and what they're thinking. And then as a comedian, because you get them, then you can kind of 
help take the mick out of them. I yeah, suppose. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's all like observational stuff. Do you know what I mean? Things that everyone can relate to. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, how we spoke a little bit about your parents. How did your friends and family react when you said, "No, listen, I'm actually going to go to to stand up, uh, be a stand up comedian." Did they have the same belief in you that you had in yourself? And I only ask this because I think a lot of us let, a lot of us let people's opinions of us deter us from making the big moves. Yeah, my two best friends definitely they they know me by now. Like, do you know what I mean? I could tell them tomorrow I'm joining the circus. They'd be like, "Fair play, of course you are. Like, <laughs> yeah, of course yeah, yeah, yeah. you are. What's yeah. you gonna be doing the trapeze or something?" But uh, no, they did. To be fair, like it was. I've always been, I had a creative mind. Like, even when I was doing the Masters, like, do you know, you'd be doing, um, so this was my first bit of stand-up reading when you're doing presentations in front of the class. Yes. Like, I'd always kind of make them funny or, like, I'd do something kind of outside the box with them. Like, it wasn't very, um, I don't know what the word is. Standard. Like, yeah, mm. yeah, basically. So there was always that side of it. Like, even I remember my tutor, like, she was always saying, like, when she first saw me doing presentations, she was like, where is she going? Like, what yeah, is yeah, happening yeah. here? <laughs> And then, like, by the end of it, she was like, she, like, she, she'll know exactly, like, I'll figure it out. I go around in a kind of a circle. And you'll but, come back. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I always had that, like, I suppose it was, they were small but concerned that they were like, well, everyone's done college now and going off and working and you're kind of like starting again. Mm. But then they also knew of other people who were going back and doing different courses. And actually, the years fly by. Like, yeah. I remember there was a girl going back to nursing. And I remember thinking, like, four years. Like, geez, that sounds like a long time. Yeah. And then before I knew it, four years was done. Yes. She's qualified and she's over in London, like, living her best life. Yeah. So I was like, it actually fly. Like, it sounds like a long time. And but, no uh, one can take that degree or that master's away from you. You always have that in your back pocket, you know? Yeah, and I feel like it was supposed to happen for a reason. I do believe everything happens for a reason. Like, I learned mm. a lot about myself. Like, you do a lot of self-reflection in the course as well. Yeah. Um, And yeah, just working with people, like, different, learn about attachment styles people have. Like, it is very interesting. Yeah. Um, And just speaking. Like, we, I remember even we had to learn... They recorded us and we were doing interviews with people. Okay. Because it could be off-putting if you had some kind of an annoying thing. Like if you were always like playing with your hair. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was just one fella in the class who kept doing this, like oh, scratching stop. top of his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were looking back and they were like, if you were talking to someone, like that'd be fairly off-putting. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you had to really look at like your demeanour and all that. So I feel like that actually has all stood to me doing stand-up. Absolutely. And I've said that as well to the director of the master. Oh, I still speak to them all the time. Kenneth Burns is his name. Ah, very and, good. Uh, actually, they caught, They asked me back to do a bit of stand-up. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And did you do it? It was the weirdest gig of all time. It was a child protection conference. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How'd and it they go? were like, yeah, we're looking for a bit of light entertainment. I was like, of course you are. Yeah. Oh, um, but they're like, sometimes we have music or whatever. And we were like, do you know what? We'll, we'll give Sinead, uh, give a, Sinead a, a, a call. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah, it was it was great crack, like, to be fair. Like, I love mental, it. But uh, it was nice. So it's nice to still be in with them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Good woman. Um, congratulations also on the launch of your own podcast, Three by the Lee, with the very fu- funny Chris Kent and Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan. How did this come about with the lads? You must have great crack. Oh, it's absolutely hilarious, to be fair. Um, Three by the Lee, it took us about seven months to come up with the name. Like, coming stop. up with a name was so hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. How did you find coming up with a name? 
I was, yeah, there was kind of like, go do you, you do you, you know, playing around with words. <laughs> I, I finally, I finally got it and I was like, yeah, that's it. But there was definitely like lots of scribbles on the page. Yeah. yeah. So we were like, oh my God, going up to 90, trying to come up with this name. Like we had so many names. And finally, anyway, we settled with three by the leaks. So we were like, right, we're three comedians from Cork. Just makes sense. Yeah, I love it. And it kind of rhymes, which is nice. Um, but yeah, we're interesting because we are all comedians. But mm. That's kind of the only thing we have in common, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like we're different ages at different stages of life. Um, like the lads are married with kids. Like they've been doing comedy. Con's been doing comedy, I'd say, over 15 years. Con, uh, Chris has been doing it over 10 years. Like I'm only new on the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we have a similar sense of humour as well. But, yeah, that's probably why it works. I actually yeah. went to Chris Kent. I was telling you in the city limits a couple of weeks ago and I just loved it. Like, my husband would take the mick out of me because I'd be like, sometimes I don't find comedians that funny. And he's like, right, okay, you weirdo. But literally, the minute I went into Chris Kent, there was tears rolling down my face. Yeah. And you know what? My favourite part of it was when he was actually chatting like to the audience at the start. Like, I loved that. Yeah, and you, love that. It's nearly like it was set up, but it wasn't because you had one couple and... They just got engaged and he was like, oh, yeah, where, where, where did you ask her? Like, where did you get engaged? And he said, uh, oh, at Santa. And then Chris was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> was like, Your child has one moment in the year that's going to be about them. And you've stole that. And yeah, oh, it was hilarious. And then there was people next to him and they were kind of maybe in their 50s and they were on a double date. First time double date. So he got loads of mileage out of that. After these. It's great because it's pure off the cuff as well. Yeah, I think yeah. like audiences love that you're like, well, he can't plan this. Do you know what I mean? This is great. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This is just mental. Uh, no, he was brilliant. And oh, the three by the Lee is hilarious. Where can we listen? Um, on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, basically. We're everywhere. Three brilliant. by the Lee. Listen to us. Check Yay. it out, guys. Yeah. Yes. Um, Sinead what was the hardest decision in your career so far that you think you've ever had to make oh in like comedy or like I suppose overall yeah the hardest decision you think you've ever had to make I suppose not going into social work really that was actually such a huge decision which I don't think I even fully appreciate at the time because I kind of just made it and then just went with it but like it's only looking back at it now. I remember even going to like family events and stuff. I was a bit allergic for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The but aunts the next and the year, uncles. They were like, so like you finished the masters, like where are you working now? And I was like, actually uh, not working. And to be fair, like it's, it was really hard for people to understand. They're like, but why? Like why, why aren't you doing it? But I love that because um, now you're an inspiration to us all. Yeah, like it, it led me to this patch. I mean, I suppose as well, it was a kind of case of, well, if I'm not doing this, I better figure out something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like somebody was at Des Richard before said, he was like, if you have something to fall back on, like you'll never fully make it in comedy. Okay. Like you have to fully go for it. Do you know what I mean? If you're holding on to like a part-time job or you'll always have that little bit of a security yes. that you have to go all in, you know, Um that's the only way it's going to work. You have to either make it or not. Like Plan A and there's no plan B. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. Love it. And finally, Sinead, whose career inspires you and why? Um. Oh, that's a tough question. Yeah. Whose career? <laughs> is there hmm. anyone you look up to and go, yeah? So my favourite comedian is Mickey Flanagan. Okay. Uh, he's my favourite one. Um. 
I don't know. I think actually anyone who has the balls to do comedy, I have respect for. Love it. Or the ovaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, just getting up on a stage takes like a lot of courage. A lot of ovaries. A lot of ovaries. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're using them all. Like it's, uh, yeah, just going up and like being even perceived by people is intimidating enough like doing it on social media. Mm. But like doing it in front of people is a whole other ball game. You yeah. know? And uh, I just have respect for any human that could that could do it, put themselves up there. Yes, and we have so much respect for you, Sinead. Sinead Quinlan, the Queen of Comedy, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for Thanks being so on. Much for Go me. do you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>